بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد What is important in life is to manage a person's thoughts about others The way we think about others, the way we approach others in our mind and the opinions that we formulate uh, in our minds about the world around us, about God, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about everybody that we deal with, whether that be our family, whether that be our neighbors, colleagues and everybody else, that will govern our own happiness uh, in our life. That's why it's a sin in Islam to have bad opinion. What that means is to have su'udhan. Su'udhan uh, is mentioned in uh, in our texts. To have the the worst of it is actually to have bad opinion about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Even to have bad opinion about others, other believers, other people, that is also extremely blameworthy as well. And it will really, really impact and influence and affect the way our entire lifestyle is, our approach to life is, our happiness in our life. And a person will be really bad off uh, if a person has too much su'udhan uh, and bad opinion. That's why to have a bad opinion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or of another believer, for example, due to just mere delusion, what they call waham, mere delusion or even doubt, it's considered to be forbidden and unlawful. What that means is there are three stages of thought in Islam. There are three stages of suspicion, you can say. One is less than 50%. The other one is when something is 50-50 in your mind, you know, both sides are equal. And the other one is when it's some, the, the assurance you have is more than 50% but not complete conviction. If something is less than 50% in Arabic, that's called waham. Right? It's called waham. You could translate that as delusion, just an inkling feeling about something. Then when it becomes 50-50 in Arabic, that's called shak. That's called doubt. The first one you can also say it's a minor suspicion. Uh, whereas uh, shak is uh, uh, a 50-50. And when it becomes assurances over 50%, then that is what we call in Arabic al-dhan, uh, generally al-dhan al-ghalib, which means like a dominant, preponderant opinion. So if something is just based on less than 50% or 50%, and because of that you're holding a bad opinion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or about some somebody else, then that is considered to be impermissible. It's actually very, very detrimental. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, O believers, shun much of your conjecture and surmise. Keep away from it, abandon it. For surmise is often sinful. It's also narrated from Abu Anhu that the Prophet said, Beware of suspicion. Because suspicion suspicions are certainly the most lying of words. It's certainly the worst 
the, the, the most lying of words because you don't know the truth and our minds can play trick on us, tricks on us. Numerous studies on the mind show how people can build up ideas in their mind behind which there's no reality, but these people think that there's a reality. And the more a person will harbor evil thoughts about people, the more prone they will be to have evil thoughts about people. Because they're so used to looking at negative aspects, characteristics, indications, and then formulating an opinion and jumping to conclusions from that. It becomes a habit to do that. It be a person becomes good at doing that, though it's not something you want to master. This is where the problem is. The hadith I quoted is in Sahih Muslim, so it's a Sahih narration. Now, thinking bad about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having a bad opinion, su'udhan, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is, for example, when a person may think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't give me enough provision. Allah doesn't like me. He deprives me. He gives somebody else more than He gives me. Or Allah is not going to protect me. Or Allah is not going to grant me victory or success or anything else like that. That's why one of the scholars, Abdul Aziz al-Mahdawi, he says that having a good opinion means to complete... What does it mean to have a good opinion about anybody and especially about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Especially about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says that it means to completely divest oneself of any anxiety about the future. Meaning, you're not care, you, you, you just remove any kind of concern that something harmful is going to come to you and you rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with great opinion and good opinion. Because anxiety is lethal. Anxiety is extremely dangerous. Nothing could happen in the future. But if you're anxious about something, it will lead to... I know people, I know people who... Something is indicated as wrong, as going wrong, and they will fall into a depression that will last for three years. An event that will take place, and it sorts itself out afterwards, but then this person can't catch up afterwards. They're so sensitive. They don't have the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They just think it's all against them. They're always looking at other people who have a bit more success than they and keep feeling that there's more success, they've got more success, I don't have enough success, it's always me. And they feel vulnerable, they feel victimized. And this is what creates a massive weakness within them that they constantly... I mean, if that's not a problem, then what is a problem? So, anxiety is lethal. And anxiety, you have to remember, by its very definition, is about something that is to do with other than the present time. You can't be anxious about the present time because you're already in it. You already know whether you're dealing with it or not. You either know you've been successful or a failure. So anxiousness and anxiety is going to be something about to come up, something in the future, whether that be near future or distant future. So that is what you're worried about. A person who can get control of their anxieties, who can overcome them, who can deal with fears and suspicions, who doesn't fall for them, who doesn't become prey to them, they, are very, they generally do much better in this world, even from a worldly perspective. 
and shaitan has no effect on them afterwards and thus he can't make them anxious and then essentially make them ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his worship so he says that uh, this uh, Abdul Aziz al-Mahdawi he says that whenever you lend an ear to anxiety whenever you listen too carefully to it you alone shall perish because it is your own world that you're living in essentially it's your own universe that you've created for yourself it's all in your mind it doesn't exist outside so only you will perish and only you will be ruined by that the same applies he says to lending an ear to shaitan or your ego it is of the same category because they're all there to delude having bad opinion then holding bad opinion about other believers as opposed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then this refers to all believers whether that be men or women young or old whether that be a lay person a scholar it doesn't matter Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi the way he explains this he says that he considers having a bad opinion about people constantly harboring bad opinions about people he considers that to be ghibat of the heart backbiting of the heart what he advises is the following he says that whenever a bad thought now this you can say is how we deal with this whenever a bad thought comes and occurs to your mind about any other believer for example now remember these thoughts will come about the way we live in this world what people tell us what we may see what we may observe we may see indications we may have some clues or contextual situations which may indicate towards something so these suspicions will come about circumstances like that will confront us the question is that when that happens we can't stop them from happening unless you want to just stay in your house but nowadays it's very difficult when that happens then you must increase in your concern for this person so our response to it should be I am concerned about this brother not that it makes me happy and satisfied that I've got one over them or their weaknesses become manifest and clear to me but no I've got concern for this person and then I make a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that may Allah reform him, may Allah make him better, may Allah protect him from this, if this is the case. So we're not even believing it yet because it's only an indication, it's a suspicion. What we're saying instead is, may Allah help us in this, may Allah help him in this, may Allah help her in this case. When a person, see, remember, when you make a dua for somebody, this will anger the shaitan. The whole reason shaitan is helping to create this suspicion is to break you apart, is to create evil in the world, is to make somebody anxious, is to make somebody suspicious of another, is to create enmity, it's to create hasad and uh, jealousy, it's to create arrogance. All of these things will come about from the suspicion. When you're making dua for somebody, you're showing your sincerity. This is a deen nasiha The religion our entire deen is full of this goodwill towards others. So when a person makes dua for that person, that may Allah reform that person if it's true, may Allah protect that person, then this will anger shaitan and ward the shaitan off. He will stop casting bad opinions in us. He will stop casting bad opinions of people in our mind out of fear that you will make dua for that person and you will be concerned positively positively concerned for that person 
Now, what happens if it's not just suspicion, but if you actually come across clear evidence that a Muslim has committed a sin or is involved in something? That is not very good. So Imam Ghazali says that if you do come across some kind of clear evidence, then okay, fine, then you go and counsel him in private. You take a bold step and you go and counsel the person in private. And you do this so that it will, like if you're a person who has to say something, then go and counsel the person with all wisdom, gentleness, lutf, in a gracious kind of way, in a graceful kind of way. right? So that it will stop you from speaking ill of him in public. It will stop you, I mean, when you go to speak to the person, many things will be clarified as well. And it will help you to manage this evil thought you have of somebody. When you counsel him, when you counsel this person, you should do it, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it rather, Imam Ghazali says, while feeling a gladness in your heart that you have now become privy and knowledgeable about, aware about your brother or sister's fault. So you mustn't think that this is some point of, you have some extra points here. Otherwise, it will cause you to look down upon that person. And you will feel pride over that person due to your counsel that I am in a position of counseling them. Rather, your motive, Imam Ghazali says, should be to free him from sin while feeling sad that unfortunately the person is involved in it. Like genuinely sad. Do it in the same way. Feel sad for that person the same way as if you, if you had been involved in that same problem. How sad would you feel for yourself? Because it's so easy that we could have fallen into the same thing. It's sometimes just a matter of time. Especially for people who gloat over others. So when you have that kind of thought process about this person, then it becomes much easier to manage our negative thoughts. We don't allow it to go into the negative side of things. Any thought that comes into our mind, we can take it positively or negatively. And when a person is used to taking negatively everything that they see, thinking that it's ammunition that they have against somebody, or it's their source of protection and defense, then this is where things get very dirty. He says, rather let your only motive be to free him from sin, all the while feeling sad, just as if you were, in, uh, just as if you would be, were it your own deficiency. Indeed, not having to counsel that person should be more beloved to you in your mind. That I wish I didn't have to do this. That should be more beloved to you than having to do so. So you mustn't feel excited, and successful, and accomplished that I have to counsel this person. So I've got one over that person but rather feel that I wish I didn't have to do this. That's the approach you go with. If you do prove successful in this, that you manage to, you, you, you manage your emotions and you go and deal with this in a proper way, then you will have attained the reward of counsel, of nasiha, along with that of sadness over their mistake and that of helping somebody in their religion. You've got a huge amount of good deeds that will come about. 
Whereas the opposite, if you thought of it negatively, you may say something to somebody about it, it may create harm, uh, disharmony between people, it will create arrogance, it will create hasad, there's just so many bad and evil uh, uh, characteristics that could come of it, rather than doing it the other way. Now, there, there sometimes are people of public disobedience, who openly do wrong deeds, and they seem to be quite brazen and brash about it. So, how do you obviously clear that those people are clearly doing wrong? They're appearing in front, online, they're appearing on TV, they're appearing somewhere. And it's very clear. Now, in that case, obviously, you hate the act. You, ha you have to dislike the act because that's what it means to be a believer. A believer has to dislike wrong acts. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're not doing it for selfish reasons. You hate it because Allah wants you to dislike wrong acts. But this has no relation to bad opinion that is blameworthy. So, you know, you won't be blameworthy for having this bad opinion about this act that this person is doing. So, we're not going into, we're not discussing that particular topic of how to deal with that right now. We're, we're dealing with suspicions and conjecture and surmise that is not based on any kind of clear evidence. So the bad opinion which is considered to be haram and unlawful and forbidden is that which is a baseless accusation in the heart. That is what's considered unlawful. I just want us to be very clear about this. Which is probably the majority of thoughts that come into our mind. For example, Imam Ghazali Rahmatullahi says that it is unlawful, just like bad speech, these baseless suspicions. Just like saying something bad, thinking something bad is also bad. Now what he's saying, he is going to clarify something here, because there are many stages of this that appear in the heart. Some people go from one stage to the next very fast because they're very good at it, they're very habituated to it. He says, what I'm referring to is only to the determination in the heart and the firm judgment of wrongdoing with respect to another. When you make a firm decision that yes, what I've heard is true and he must be like that, she must be doing those things. As opposed to, as I said, we can't free ourselves of just thoughts hitting us. Those come about because it's, we're just social creatures and we learn and see things. And it's just don't let our minds become such that they quickly turn you know, one and one into five. Some people are just like that. They turn one and one into five and they just jump to conclusions. So when you just, a thought hits you or you see something, but you don't make any decision about it, then that's not harmful. That's not forbidden because you can't help that. that. That's beyond our ability. It's when you ponder over it, reflect over it, mull over it, and then make a determination in the heart and a resolve comes about and you make a decision about something. That's why he says that, as for mere thoughts and internal dialogue, the one is generally pardoned of them until you make a negative judgment for no reason. In fact, one is pardoned for doubt as well. What is forbidden then, he says, is to actually formulate an opinion. And an opinion is that upon which oneself relies and towards, one, towards which one's heart inclines. The reason this is deemed unlawful, he says, is that no one knows the secrets of the hearts except the knower of the unseen. So you don't know because there's no evidence. 
So you have no right to hold a bad opinion about a, another unless something is made plainly clear and manifest for you to behold and it cannot be interpreted in any other way. There is no other way to look at this situation. Now you have to remember that we have to be very suspicious of ourselves because some people who are very negative and suspicious people they generally interpret things in the most negative way. They just don't see the possibility of a positive interpretation. Even when a possible positive interpretation is brought up for them, they dismiss it and they say, no, that's impossible. So for them, they've just got such a barrier in their mind that they can, they've got such a tunnel vision that they can only see things negatively. Very bad place to be, very bad place. We've had to deal with people like this. It's just very bad place to be that everybody else is seeing it otherwise, but they're just seeing it in a negative way. And they are being consumed by their hatred. For indeed, that which you neither witness nor hear directly, yet simply occurs to your heart, is, has to be cast there by the shaitan. It has to be cast there by the shaitan whom you must reject. For he is certainly, shaitan is the most fraudulent of corrupt folk. So how can, you, how can you go with that? Just remember, any bad thoughts coming to mind, think it's from the shaitan. The opposite of it is maintaining good opinion of Allah. Just before that, let me, say, let me tell you what Ibn Atta'illah says. He says that there's nothing that leads you like delusion. There's nothing that leads you, that pulls you and drags you like delusion. It will take you to places where you yourself don't want to be. Ibn Manazil says that your best moments are when you are safe from the passing notions of your mind. When you don't ponder over them and, and determine evil from them. You let them pass. And when others are safe from your bad opinions about them. So you are most safe when you don't indulge in the bad thoughts that come into your mind. And others are safe from bad opinions, from your bad opinions of them. That's the best state. You don't hold any bad opinions about people and you don't allow bad opinions to affect you. That's one of the best states. Such are one's best moments. Since not having a bad opinion of others, it reflects a person's being fully concerned with their own vices and faults, leaving hardly any time to notice the faults of others. Do we even have time for other people? SubhanAllah. We've got so much to worry about. Day in and day out, if we introspect, we will find that we have so many problems. We have so many deficiencies. We've got so much to work on. We've got so much to master. We've got so much to perfect. We've got so much to beautify. We have to still reach the level of ihsan, hopefully before we die, die at least. And if we've got... If, if that's our, been our focus, then we've got no time for other people. We may hear things, we'll say, oh, I've got no time for that. Like, let somebody else deal with that. I've got no time for that. If a person does happen to notice the faults of others, he should see it as a reflect, reflection of his own shortcoming. Based on the hadith that a mirror is, uh, sorry, the believer is the mirror of his fellow believer, one of the interpretations of that is that if you see something wrong in your brother, it means that it is your wrong. The reason you're noticing is because you know about these bad things and that's why you notice that, while other people are not going to notice that. And that's why certain 
unfavorable characteristics are only noticed in people by people who have those characteristics because they have those characteristics, they can see it so clearly in others, whereas others cannot. Indeed, when Abu Turab and Nakhshabi, whenever he would see a fault in one of his companions, this is his response. I'm not saying that we must all do this, but this is just shows how people who wanted to achieve accomplishment and become the perfect human, these are the things that they would do. And these kind of exertions are necessary to free ourselves of these problems. He would increase his spiritual exertion, renew his repentance and his toba. And he would say to himself, it's due to my own in inadequacy were they pushed into doing what they did it's because of my own incompleteness that they've been pushed into doing what they did since Allah says and he's looking at this from a quantum theory a quantum perspective he's saying that Allah will not change the condition of a people at large until they change the conditions of their own selves so if I am wrong and if I have shortcomings, I am contributing to the communal problem because that is how much Allah is keeping away His mercy from us. If I become better, you become better, everybody becomes better, then there is going to be more mercy and more attention from Allah and Allah will then have the excuse to change us. But when He sees negligence on all of our part and we're just blaming one another for it, then it's a problem. Just look at the narrative where he's coming from, which is a very positive narrative. And there's numerous narrations about this. Others that support this idea. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he told the angels to go and destroy a community. And he says that there's a person in there. The Aisha radiallahu anha said, but there must have been some good people in there. He said, yes, but Allah says that that person who was good among them, supposedly seen as good and a worshipper, he never prohibited anybody. He never, his face never changed for my sake out of disgust for what was going on. So even if we think we're righteous and pious, but we can't do anything, and, and if we're not pious and righteous to even start with, and we're holding bad opinions about others, then maybe we're contributing to the problem in general. Because if we become better, there's at least going to be two or three people that will be influenced and affected positively by us. Ahmed al-Zarruq said that vile opinions, they stem only from vile hearts. Disgusting opinions generally come from disgusting hearts. Not from the divine, nor from fellow man. It's going to come from your own heart to take the fleeting notion and idea that comes into your mind and turn it into something bigger and disgusting. That has to come from a bad heart. Imam Ghazali said, from Satan's machinations, is having a bad opinion of others. It's from his ploys that people have bad opinion about others because he succeeded in that. That's why in the ba'd al-dhanni ithman, surmise is often sinful. Whoever formulates an opinion about someone based on mere assumption will be driven by the devil to then speak ill of that person and then eventually they will be ruined themselves. Or they will, be for, they will fall short in fulfilling the person's rights. Or they may look down upon the person. And that means they will do tahqir. And they will humiliate and degrade somebody with an eye of disdain. 
and they will see themselves as superior and all of these are spiritual calamities within the person. So the opposite of this, to, to finish, is to maintain good opinion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about one's fellow believers. Of course, the first one, which is to have good opinion about Allah, is mandatory. It's fard. Because that uh, our whole iman relies on this. Without that, our iman is not complete and that could lead to kufr. That, that is why it's actually important and necessary for a person to be constantly making dua and tawbah uh, about these things. The person who, obviously, who's involved in a lot of sin and that person, it's unlawful for that person to discard the fear of Allah and just have good opinion about Allah because he's going to have a deluded good opinion. In a sense, oh, Allah's forgiving, Allah's forgiving, I don't have to do anything. I can continue doing wrongs, but Allah is very merciful. That's a deluded good opinion. That's not the kind of good opinion we're speaking about here. Because that is essentially being deluded with respect to Allah. So now, as I said, having a good opinion about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mandatory. It's narrated in a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, I am as my devoted servant thinks of me. I am as my slave. My slave is somebody who's going to be a slave to me, who really thinks of me as, my, as his master. The way he thinks of me, that's how I'm going to react to him. If he thinks I can, he, I can get him out of his trouble, out of his miseries, help him, assist him, grant him success, grant him falah and success in the hereafter, and he becomes a champion of this world and the hereafter, then that is what he will be given. The second one, which is to maintain good opinion about, uh, about other believers, then that is recommended, obviously, with regard to doubtful matters that would entail either righteousness or corruption. Especially when it's a person who's generally upright. Shaitan wants to delude you about this person. A person is generally upright. Why should you want to corrupt them? Why should you want to have a corrupt idea about them? This is what causes much of the problems in our community, especially when you get rumors that fly around and they just become bigger. There's so many cases that I have seen where when I first heard it as a rumor from somebody in detail, it just seemed extremely offensive and bad and disgusting. When we actually went and found out and did some investigation about it, because maybe I was involved in that situation, brought her into be involved in the situation, you found out that it wasn't as bad as it was, it was made out to be. But there were maybe a few people who had a bit of a jealousy, who had a bit of resentment, who uh, had some rivalry for some reason. They just created a bigger issue out of it. So a lot of the time it's not what meets the eye. But again, I think most of this, as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be based on how we look at things, how we generally react to things. Do, do, are we really generally inclined towards taking things in a negative way? Or are we generally inclined towards taking things in a positive way? You do get some people who are overly positive, where they even the evil stares them in the face and they're still positive about it. I'd rather be that person, to be honest, than be a person who's generally taking things negatively. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this discernment and this understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cleanse our heart and purify our heart so that 
we actually look at things in a positive manner rather than in a negative manner because it can make somebody anxious, it can make somebody suspicion and it just racks up our sins and it finally leads to ruination. And then what we see out of punishment for that is that there'll be others who will say the same thing about us. Generally positivity is con contagious as is negativity. So we need to spread positivity rather than negativity. And that way, you know, somebody who brings you a story of suspicion, if you give them a positive outlook, they will learn to be positive. Maybe they've never learned to look at things differently. Maybe they never thought about this because we learn from others. And sometimes we don't know how to look at things in a different light unless somebody opens up that window for us. So essentially when we are looking at things positively, it's like I'm in, closed in a house and there's only one window that looks out into the fire. Right? It looks out into the dirt. I need to open a few other windows because there's a lot more out there than just that one side view of the one side. Open up more windows. The way you can up, open up more windows is learn that from others who are positive. And when we know something to be more positive, we will reveal that to others. And that will teach them and open up their windows to positivity. Otherwise, all of the positive windows will be shut and they'll only be negative windows. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq. We have a short life to live. And the less misery, misery and anxiety that fills that part, the more positivity there is, the more profitable our life will be.